ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's royal visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. Give me two. Hey, America, worldwide. It's the Palazzo Podcast, Prospects Power Half Hour. Benjamin Chase, Michael Govier coming at you here. Two L's, two Utah. Follow us Give on Twitter two. or whatever they call it now. The place formerly known as Twitter. Uh, our Discord is free. The description's in the description. And you click on the link and you can join the Discord absolutely free. In fact, for me, the Discord is really the future. I feel like, uh, I feel like it's over for Twitter and not because of a lot of the reasons that people have been saying over the last eight months, really yeah. just because uh, changing the brand completely. Now getting rid of the classic icon is one of the most iconic. Um, what do you call it? I mean, just brand icons. What do you call that thing? Yeah. Yeah. That, that logo, <laughs> logo, yes, that logo thank is you. just something that, uh, I mean, you just associated with, with essentially with chatting. I mean, so that's sadly what we aren't yeah we we aren't going to get that anymore i i and they've worked so hard to change the format and i think that's a big indication for folks that hey we're in the midst of a sinking ship and we've got a little pail here we're gonna dig out some water um yeah so that's kind of what it feels like um and you know, I'm not going to put a knock against Threads or Blue Sky or anything like that, but they're all, for one, you don't have a consensus of where everyone that was once on Twitter is going. And that's a big thing. And quite frankly, for me, I would have been long gone from Twitter six months ago or more, but baseball Twitter has still been one of the best parts of Twitter. It's true even after all of the stuff has hit the fan and now that's starting to go downhill too. And so you think it is sadly, you think it is I don't find out. like, is there a specific thing uh, that you point out to that baseball Twitter seems to be slipping? Well, I guess or people leaving for me, baseball Twitter, the big indications on baseball Twitter for me are deadline and draft and on draft. There was, I mean, your, your main guys that break news that told told you what was going to happen as far as the picks concerned you know your mlb draft main guys they're all putting out the info there just wasn't the engagement that there was there used to be someone would pop out they would somebody would pop out you know the 16th overall pick and it would just piss off the team that picked him because they were hoping to get this guy you know and then their team went this way and you'd have all this discord and now it's not there. And uh, I think you're, I, I think you're seeing it in the early deals. Now, granted, we haven't had a big blockbuster. Now last night we did, but it broke at about one in the morning. Yeah. Eastern. So, um, nobody really got to see that. Giolito goes to the uh, West coast, but not the West coast team. Everybody thought he would go to. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and really, I, you know, we'll, we'll quickly hit on this. I love uh, Edward Cuero defensively I think he's he's done a tremendous job working in double a this year but he was also he was one of the youngest guys to open the season at double a yeah. and might have been the youngest hitter overall he was younger than Yuri Perez but other than that and and maybe younger than or maybe he was older a bit than uh um I think he was just a little bit older than Jackson Churio. So he might have been at least one of the, but definitely one of the like handful of youngest guys at double A. And he's still got like a 400 OBP. So he's not nothing with the bat. He just hasn't quite done what you would like to see so far. Um, but that's okay. You know, quite honestly, that's, I, I'm okay with what you're going to see out of, 
what you're going to see out of that profile, Kai Bush is a, is a strong arm, nice second piece in that deal. Um, and frankly, for some, some guys that aren't going to be there next year. So, uh, you know, I think the White Sox did well here. I think if, if you're the, the Angels, you're looking for a dynamic arm in your bullpen. You're looking for a, an inning eater in your rotation. And you got both of them in one deal. So you didn't have to spend that much capital to get those guys. Now you're sitting with maybe a little more capital to go after something else if you think you're truly there. I don't know. But I don't think they are, but that's a whole nother. I think they said they came into today four games back of the wild card. And I'm trying to think here. Einhorn and Finkel. Three, they got to jump. They got to jump the uh, Red Sox and the Yankees, who are also also both currently out of it. Well, well, I mean, no, the Red Sox. They're, no, they're, they're in, they're it, in but... it, but I mean, they're not leading it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So technically, they're the first team out right now. The Angels are, if you go by that. But at the same time, you're. They've still got to leapfrog some folks, and that's the whole problem. Is, um. Or no, it's Yankees are the first team out. I'm I'm all messed up here trying to <laughs> read read. Since we decided to expand the playoffs, I'm all kinds of messed. Yeah, up. things have changed. Um, I mean, Toronto's but, got the last spot here in the wild card, and then Boston, New York, Angels, yeah. Seattle, Cleveland, and my Bozo Tigers. Hey, look at them! They're always Bozo Tigers nine or ten games under 500, but that doesn't mean anything. But I think the I love that the Angels are going forward here. They're not going to trade Otani. Yeah. And, I actually wrote a month ago that I thought it would be really hard to trade Otani because of how unique of a player he is in terms of all of the logistical stuff that goes into his being a top-of-the-line starter and a hitter every day. All that stuff doesn't happen out of nowhere. There's a lot of people behind the scenes that coordinate his entire program to make it so. I mean, he executes it. He's responsible for it, but... He's got a team of people at the Angels and his own personal people help him be the best he can be. And you can't just show up and do that day one when you get traded. I just don't think you can. So uh, we're not here to talk about Otani trading talk because people have overhyped that as far as it needs to be anyways. But, yes, Giolito's gone. Cuero and Bush are on the scene in Chicago. Best of luck there. We'll see what Gio does for the Angels down the stretch. And, you know, uh, Ahmed Rosario got traded for Noah Syndergaard yesterday, which really baffled me because you and I have talked about how the Orioles and Cleveland were ideal trading partners, and we still believe yeah. this, but <laughs> why, why would Cleveland bring in Noah Syndergaard, though? Why would, they, why would Cleveland bring in yeah. Noah Syndergaard if they're... I know they got a lot of injured starters, but it just seems like a weird move to me. And and frank, quite frankly, right now in their minor leagues, Cleveland still has guys that could come up and I think be as good or better than Noah Syndergaard. Hunter Gaddis? So I don't understand. I mean, I just, yeah, I just, I don't understand what the rationale is for making this decision. Now, good Lord, you're talking to a team who has one of the deepest farm systems in all the game and ship Rosario out there and get back uh, Michael Bush. Or get back, uh, you know, I mean, just they've got just a whole wealth of guys that you could get. And heck, if you go off the like second tier, fourth tier with the Dodgers, to me, for the it may not be that guy you need today, but gosh, pick any member of their double A rotation. Yeah. And they're probably, I mean, that's an elite starter. Not that the Indians really need more starters. Oh, you That's did it again. Crazy you me. always like, do that every show. Yeah. We... Gosh darn it. <laughs> the Guardians. 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 I've mastered it. I have dedicated Thanks myself so. to always. I have to always think about it, but I do say Guardians now. I've gotten pretty good at it. Um well, it's not your fault. Yeah, You're a so. good man still. Listen, let, let's talk about Luciano, though, because that's what we wanted to lead the show off yeah. with. Marco Luciano really surprised you because he was at AAA so I, briefly that he came up to the big leagues now? Yeah. And, and I will, you know, I, I think there's somewhere out there where uh, I am the president of the Marco Luciano fan club. Um, but I don't, I think there are other people who've attempted to usurp that over the years. But uh, if you go back in 2020, I was saying when Wander graduates, Luciano was going to be the next number one. Um, 
number one overall prospect and some injuries losing the COVID season, lots of different things have kind of conspired against him since, but the power always has been amazing. And, uh, he's, he's done a really, you know, for a guy who, yeah. And Joe's a guy who always has been on my case with that. So I, he knows well, uh, but a lot of folks thought Luciano was going to grow off of shortstop. And I don't know that he is a long-term pro shortstop, but he has put in the time to keep his body to where he could play short. And that's a huge, huge thing. It shows the dedication he has. He struggled through uh, 21 with some injury and then also just swinging through a lot of stuff once he got promoted. And so he ended up getting knocked down on a lot of prospect lists because they thought, A, he's going to move to third. B, he's not showing that he can really handle the breaking stuff. He's swinging through a lot of it. Maybe this guy isn't quite the prospect we thought he was. But he's put in the work. And that's always something that I got great reports on is, you know, he gets, he's a guy who you might think that he's pissed off, but he gets, he turns that on himself. I'm not doing what I should do. I'm going to work harder at it. And he's been putting in the time over the last year plus yep. and, you know, dealt with some injury stuff again last year. And I think that's another reason why folks are finding a reason to get off of Luciano over the last couple of years is injuries. So I thought he'd probably come up to AAA if he really dominated the level. He'd be up to the majors by the end of the year this year. And, but he had just gotten to AAA. Yeah. And, I mean, really had less than – or had about a week to do things there. And then they called him up, which, you know, what you saw last night, his debut was last night for, you know, those who are watching in the future and going, you know, what – why are you referring to last night? Last night he debuted. They only gave him two plate appearances before they pinch hit for him with Jock Peterson, which, you know, I love Jock, but come on. Um, but the first at bat that he had, he went up swinging. First pitch he saw, he took out to right field, and it was a flick of the wrist. It was a pitch that he didn't get all of. And he took it all the way to the wall, and the guy had to make a leaping catch at the wall. Mm. Now, granted, in right field in, in San Francisco, that means he prevented a double because, you know, San Francisco's right field wall is so tall that would have bounced off the wall if he doesn't catch it. But still, he put a charge into that ball and didn't hit it right. You know, that's the type of power this kid has. And I think it'll be interesting to see how he handles the majors. Um, the giants desperately need offense if they're going to stick in this thing right now. And right now they are in the playoffs, but they don't really, they don't have a whole lot going for them in the playoffs right now. And so they need this kind of offense. I, I think the kid is just, he, he's got some of the most impressive raw raw tools still in the game. I, and the raw power is just absolutely nuts. Um, so it they're going to give him a little bit of run. I don't know if he's up for the rest of the year. But if he comes up and he does, he's got that. Was it, we talked last week about guys with power that come up to the majors sometimes go on that run like a Reese Hoskins or like an Aristides Aquino, where through the end of the year, the swing rate might not be pretty, but they've got so much power and the league hasn't yet adjusted to them that they can go on a run and knock out 20 bombs in a half a year. And Luciano has that kind of power. So I'm not saying he's going to come out and he's going to put out 20 the rest of the year, but he's got that kind of a profile that he could do that. And so he's going to be very interesting to watch and see how he responds. Well, Luis Matos was called up a while ago and, you know, look what he's done. I'm not saying they're the same player, but we're looking at what the Giants have done recently. They've tried to reach into their minor leagues and think about players that, I mean, Matos was tearing it up when he got called up. He was on fire in the minor leagues. And now it's like, okay, well, that was fun for a moment, but it really didn't do anything for fantasy managers, right? And I'm not saying Matos is Luciano either. I'm just kind of playing back what the Giants have done this year and looking at players that did have a lot of uh, clout. You know, there was excitement around Matos. Yeah. 
Well, Patrick Bailey has come up. Uh, Casey Schmidt has come up. They've brought in a lot of young guys into their offense. Mm -hmm. But I will tell you, as far as fantasy goes, this is the first guy that fantasy owners really need to be paying attention to. Um, Matos is always going to be a guy who's probably going to give you low numbers in your home runs and stolen bases, but he's going to get you some of both and have a good batting average. So as far as fantasy goes, he was never going to be that holy cow type of guy. But, and same thing, Schmidt, I think, has power and plays great defense. But, again, not the same type of guy. The big thing that they're bringing up and that they're, you know, this is their first big guy they're bringing up that's going to put together a legit offensive threat for fantasy owners to worry about. And Really? Yeah, I, I really, I think down the road you're going to see, um, I think you're going to see Casey Schmidt turn into a guy that's a useful fantasy player where he's hitting decent, a decent amount of home runs for a guy who's going to likely have shortstop eligibility every year. So you have shortstop third eligibility with a guy who hits 25 homers. That's playable. Uh, Matos is going to have really good batting average down the road with, you know, 10 to 15 of each. That's playable. Luciano has that ability to be a guy who hits for average, hits you 30 bombs, and plays, could play shortstop, for sure should play left side of the infield. And that's that's a different level. I mean, that's a, that's a fantasy starter. That's not just a playable, he works, he fills in a bench role for me, like Schmidt and Matos might be. Luciano is one of those guys that could legit be a fantasy star if he hits all of his peaks or all of his stuff uh joe says no right-hander has ever hit a home run directly into mccovey cove no bounce luciano will be the first uh-oh call on your shot joe i liked it i like that yeah. <laughs> chad says just a reminder these are the same giants we joked we're going to probably make the playoffs despite having a roster on paper that should be in the cellar and lo- no 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 wait a minute whoa, whoa, whoa. now go back and play the tapes on this show chad i've talked about how the giants were a team that should make the playoffs this year because we talked about this in the preseason when we did the you know the next big three show and we looked beyond that we did some preseason talk even on the other show here for palazzo i've i thought the giants had plenty to offer because they made some nice signings plus Farhan Zaidi is a wizard, and he gets the most out of his teams. And two years ago, they won 107 games, blew people's minds, Ben. Last year, they finished 500. I expected them to bounce back this year. But the Diamondbacks, you know, they stuck a wrench of the situation, but they're fading now, just as I I sadly wrote a couple weeks ago that the Diamondbacks and the Marlins and the Reds would all fall back. Now, the Reds are still hanging in there, but the Marlins and Diamondbacks have definitely slipped since the All-Star break because this is what happens. So the Giants should make the playoffs. I still think they should. And they also have the, uh, maybe they're showcasing some of these guys to make a deal here too. I mean, is it crazy that Luciano would be dealt to you? Not at all. I mean, it would be a crazy move. It's not a crazy idea that that could be why he's up. But if you are, if you're talking about moving Luciano, you need a guy who's got multiple years of control and you need a guy. I mean, frankly, Marco Luciano is headlining a Juan Soto deal last summer. I mean, that's that's the type of deal you're looking for. Wow. I don't know that there's a guy like Juan Soto who's on the market this this year, though. So I don't know what kind of a deal is out there that you would want to move Luciano in. But it could make perfect sense that they're bringing, they're bringing him up, especially to see... So how does the left side of the infield work with Casey Schmidt and Marco Luciano together? Because if those two can work a major league caliber left side of the infield, Giants have had some injuries there. But if those two can play together and play well or play up the middle, last night Casey Schmidt was playing second base. you know, And so you get some of that going and find out how well those guys work. Well, then Tyro Estrada comes back and he's another piece instead of the piece. Mm. Um, that you know, you bring up these things like that that are going to be. You're going to end up having a big depth team, which is what they really did two years ago. They had a team that could bring out a whole different lineup against a righty, a whole different lineup 
line up against the lefty. If you had a power righty, they had a different lineup they could bring out. And each lineup they brought out was specialized for that thing. And if they've got some young guys that can slip into those roles, it saves them having to go onto the trade market. So that very well could be what they're looking at. Might have trade market in mind, but not necessarily to trade these guys, maybe just to get an idea of who they are. Okay. I can get down with that. Uh, Chad says, can you tell us about Johnny Severino, Ben, who was the Pirates' return? Yeah, Carlos Santana in a smaller deal was traded to the Brew Crew for Johanny or Johnny Severino. I don't have the pronunciation in front of me. Sorry, baseball pods. He would be furious at me right now. But uh, real quickly, let's uh, talk about him real quick. Really, I mean, I guess I don't know that I don't know that he's got big time prospect stuff. I know that there's some there's some legit power here, and he's got some some oomph. But where he's going to fit defensively, it looks like they have him playing short and third this year. I had kind of heard he was going to be a third or a second baseman that he didn't have the the stuff to move to short uh, or to stick at short. Uh, but looks like they've tried to play in between the two. Uh, third he's so young he's 18 year. okay he's a youngster yeah oh yeah he's got a long ways to go but he's i like the raw tools i think you're looking at a guy so here, here's funny severino uh hits right-handed look at that picture what do you see at the top here yeah, there you go. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I don't know that they got the right picture there, but that's a whole nother. <laughs> he also looks like, he seriously looks like he's 14. He does look so young. Oh, yeah. He looks all of the youth that he is. And he's he's doing that right now, like playing like a young player. One walk to 10 strikeouts over his first 12 games. You know, that's, he's a young player. It's just, a, but there's some legit raw tools there. It's just like so many guys, it's a lottery ticket that the Pirates are getting here. Sure. If he if he can turn skills or tools into skills, he's got a chance. Otherwise, he's another guy who's looks really pretty on the field now and then, and can't quite do it when he gets to advanced pitching. You said it, Ben. We're live here with Palazzo Podcast Prospects Power Half Hour. You talk. Two L's, two Z's. Give me Make two. sure you subscribe and like button, please. You know, we're always here for you. All the description provides everything else you need to know about us. Follow Ben on Twitter, Big Gentle Ben. I'm an MJ, well, whatever it's called. Big Gentle Ben, MJ Govier. If you really want to connect with us these days, I'm telling you now, with what's happened to what used to be known as Twitter, Discord is really the best place to be now because it's our own community where we control everything. And that doesn't mean we like control everything. It just means that it's a place where you can really just focus in and talk fantasy baseball all night long if you want and have a good time doing so and not worry about us uh, Mm -hmm. changing things up every day. So just, I think that's where the future lies now in communities that are focused in on what people want to do in discord servers. I really do. Uh, But I want to talk about a few people that you wanted to highlight who've, moved around recently within the minor leagues mm-hmm. not you know we always talk about the big promotions to the big club but the guys are coming up, promotions yeah. within levels uh, of the minor leagues we need to know about that too yeah and there were a number of them i mean all-star break is now the all-star break for everyone um it's not just it used to be that the minor leagues each minor league had their own all-star break and then the major leagues would have an all-star break and for about a month there you had different leagues all taking time off. They don't do that anymore. Now, the all-star break for all full-season leagues in the minor leagues is the same exact all-star break that the major leaguers have. So coming out of the majors, there are a whole bunch of guys who got bumped up levels. We know about a guy like Jackson Holiday. You know, we've talked about that already. He got moved up to double-A. But Ivan Melendez and Christian Robinson in the – uh, Diamondbacks organization both got bumped up. So did Ryan Bliss. And if you want to talk about a guy who might end up traded here in the next few weeks, Ryan Bliss is a really good potential guy. Um, but Ivan Melendez has just been smacking the crap out of the baseball this year. And now, and that was in Arizona's neutral ballparks. Now he's moving into Amarillo in double A. Amarillo may be the most hitter friendly park outside of the Cal League or PCL. So he very well just shocking, just beat the crap out of the baseball. He's going to be fun to watch. Um, I and you've got on top of that, you got guys like 
you know, your Tigers pushed up uh, Jace Young. So he's up in double A now. I, I believe double A or else he moved one yeah, he's low A to high A. But regardless, a. I think double A is where he ended up. And then uh, another Tiger, uh, Jackson Job, got moved up too. So last year's draft pick or recent draft picks getting the bump up in the Tigers. I actually system. traded him in Dynasty the other day because I've had Jackson Job sitting there and mm-hmm. somebody offered me. Well, hell, it could have been anybody, but I was like, great, I'll take it. I, I just, I wanted yeah. to get off Jackson yeah. Joe because, you know, he had the back issue, which had kept him out till this point so far. And, and I, I just figured like, you know, the guy like that, you never know with backs too. Backs really freak me out. I'm sure yeah. you feel the same way. You start to take a look and you're like, well, you know, maybe, uh, maybe I don't want to be in the business of dealing with the player who's had a back problem like that. Cause you never know when they can crop up again and be an issue. So, uh, so I, I set off Jackson Job and I wish him well, uh, you know, he's a tiger. So I want him to have a great life. But, uh, for me, I'm happy to say goodbye to him. And I traded Jackson Job for, you won't believe this. Maybe you guys will believe it. I don't know, but I, I traded him for a position player because to me, I'd rather have position players more often than not in dynasty. And I can't find it now, so I tried to vamp, but I can't find it. I'm an idiot. I don't know how to. I don't know how to navigate my own league, so I guess I can't. Maybe it was voted down, actually. Well, because we do have objections, and if you get enough objections, it can be voted down. So, anyways, carry on. Sorry. This is the Palazzo Podcast. Up next after the break. Ben reveals his top 1,000 Atlanta Brave prospects in order. Uh, so the other team that, well, there's two other teams that have done quite a bit of promoting. Um, the Mariners, you've got Gabriel Gonzalez, who's turned himself into one of the better prospects in the game in the outfield. Uh, Cole, shortstop Cole Young, and then also outfielder Alberto Rodriguez, who is kind of an unheralded guy, he's probably a guy who's going to end up maybe a a fourth outfielder type. But if he's a starter, he's maybe hitting ten home runs, stealing ten bases with a two seventy. You know, not a but not a bad player, just not a guy that's going to jump out at anybody. All three of those guys got bumped up uh, over the to a new level. Um, with and then the other one is the Padres. They they promoted Jackson Merrill, who you know everyone knows him at this point. He's a top ten prospect in the game. But uh, they also bumped up uh, Adam Mazur and Dylan Lesko, two of their pitching prospects. And uh, Lesko is now in a full season league. That's his first introduction into a full season ball. He was probably the best high school pitcher in last year's draft. Oh, you know what? I I found it. It was. It was uh, ruined. It was voted down, which is so stupid. I was going to oh, get Cam ooh. Collier. That's why I was excited about it. Oh. Yeah. What's wrong with yeah. Jackson Joe for Cam Collier? Nice He's the one who propped it to me. I, I did not propose the trade either. Why am I yeah. being the one who's, well, I don't know, I guess. I know. That's that's a solid. Honestly, I think that's kind of a solid deal for both of you, but that's a whole nother. Exactly. I, think, I didn't think it was a terrible deal. Uh, Daniel's here, by the way. Daniel's new in our Discord. Sorry I'm late. Any chance Jet Williams was discussed? <laughs> He was not discussed. I'm sorry. No, and he wasn't discussed and probably wouldn't have been on the agenda today just because he isn't uh, one that's been promoted. Uh, he's a high schooler or was a high schooler last year and is in his first full season. Guy has just a ton of speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, really fun to watch him on the base paths uh, and has really done a nice job controlling the strike zones. Got a 425 OBP this year, mm. um, but uh, walking up almost uh, right around 20% of the time, which that's a, that's not nothing. Um, but the thing that I think he is going to probably slow walk his way up the first couple of levels because they, the Mets are working him in center field. And I think he is going to take some time moving up to the majors simply because he's, he's going to take some time to learn center field right now. He, He's played uh, about 50 games a short and about 15 of center field so far, but they're working him more into center field to kind of let him learn that position. So it wouldn't surprise me if he plays, does all year this year at A-ball, he might see Arizona Fall League 
this fall or next fall, but probably plays all year next year in high A, getting used to playing center. 2026, and if you then, had to pick a year that he debuts in the majors, Daniel wants to know. Yeah, I, I would I would might be late 2025. If he really gets it in center field, the the skills, the speed and the the on base ability are such that once he gets it, he's gonna move up quick. But I want you to be make sure want to make sure that you're kind of tempering what you expect from him as far as an overall fantasy profile. Speed and on base are gonna definitely be there. Um I'm just I'm not sold that he's gonna be more than a maybe a 10 home run guy. He might top double digits, but just barely. Um, I mean, honestly, if you want to go back to a Mets profile, this is kind of a Jose Reyes profile. Oh. Um, Which which is, I mean, in its day was a really, really nice profile in fantasy. Not Nimmo, no. (laughs) Uh, No, 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 no. Nimmo Nimmo wishes he could run like this. He only runs like this when he gets walked. Um, So... Uh, but that's uh, channels. When will people start taking notice of Jackson Ferris? Obviously having Cade around takes a spotlight, but Ferris is also thriving. Well, yeah, I, well, and Cade hasn't been around lately. Cade has been not doing so well, except that I believe he's now promoted too. Um, but Jackson Ferris has had a nice year, really struggling with this, with the strike zone. Uh, I think he's walking about 15% of guys. Uh, but, I mean, strikeout rate is great. Can't really complain. It's, you know, in the upper 20s, lower 30s most of the year. I guess I I can't tell you for sure right now where it's at balancing off. But definitely, um, I like his stuff. His stuff is fun to watch. I'm not 100% sold yet that he's a starter. Um that stuff from the left side, though, is just wicked. And I mean, but he's he's a teenager, you know. Let's, let's you know we go back to this. He's a teenager, you know. We just talked about. He was a high schooler in the draft last year. He's got work to do to kind of get it all together. Um, huh? Yeah, I think he's going to be. Something. How could Jackson Ferris start twelve games this season and pitch thirty-one innings? Yeah. I mean, they really. Yeah, I know it's single A, but yeah. it's not like it's rookie ball. Can a guy go five innings? I mean. what? Well, and that's, they're easing him into things. Okay. That's really what they're doing is they're kind of easing the arm into things. They're not, I, in fact, I guess I'd have to look to see. I, he was a high schooler. He's only 19. So he came out of the high school yep. draft. I thought he had just started picking up some. Actually, no, he really hasn't picked up much. He's, he's basically pitching 30 or three innings. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, it's a, it looks like unless he's really struggling that day, which he did his last time out uh, yesterday, actually, um, he's getting about 50 to 60 pitches each time out. And that's what they're working him on. It doesn't really matter the innings. He gets 50 to 60 pitches. Um, he's had like two or three now blow up games where they pulled him earlier than that. Seven K's in the three. He, he started the year. Uh, on May fifth, with seven Ks and three innings, that was fun. So, yeah. but yeah, anyway, no, really, really a good. Like I said, the the talent is elite. It's keeping the ball in the zone, and then when he starts to miss his spot, he starts to aim. And I don't care if you've got the best stuff in the planet. If you're aiming it, guys can guys can sit back and and tee up on that stuff. Yeah. As Joe they said, know you're trying to aim what it. you said too. A lot of prep arms get low innings. Yep. So, uh, yep. uh, all right. Well, we're already over a half hour. Anybody else you will still want to mention. We didn't get to before you go. Any other promotions or movement? Uh, the only big one here. And I mean, there's a number of other guys that we could mention quickly, but, uh, but I, I'll just stick to one here. That's Jacob Mizorowski. Um, oh. you know, everyone remembers him from his big, big number or a big, Big velocity numbers. Man, I got to slow myself down sometimes. His big velocity numbers in the Futures game. But he is legit one of the top pitching prospects in all of baseball right now. And they moved him up now to double A, which we've talked about. There's The step into the majors is huge. But double beyond that, the step up to double A is the next other big, big step. And now he's up there. The Biloxi so, Shuckers. Um, <laughs> yes. 
Well, and here's another thing to consider. There were a number of double uh, A guys that moved up pitchers that I thought maybe had deserved to be moved up for a while. But one thing to consider the double A or uh, the Southern League is not using the sticky ball anymore. Oh, that was gone as of as of midseason. Okay. So it's something to consider that it very well may have been that the Brewers wanted to wait until that ball was gone before they brought Mizorowski up because he's in the Southern League. I wouldn't, but wouldn't doubt it. I, I will trust numbers from the Southern League a lot more in the second half of the season here for pitchers and probably for hitters to some degree too. Yeah, I so. mean, he did two tours of duty at low A and high A already this year, and now he's up at double A. So we'll see what he does. He's only had one appearance, right? At, it's early, so we'll see what he does. He gave it four and runs in four innings in his double A debut and struck out five. So surface stats, but I, I'm excited. I know he put on a show in the Futures game, and that was fun. Mizorowski, he's, got, oh, he's yeah. a hot name, no doubt about it. Uh, Joe wants to know real quick, too, did you talk about Alika Williams? Not fantasy relevant for the most part, though. So Joe is admitting that freely. Joe, this is a – we do focus on dynasty fantasy baseball here. You are aware of that. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that said, he's up with the with the Pirates. I never expected him to be up this year. But this is a guy who he will love to have his profile end up like an Omar Afante. Okay. Um, I think he's a lot better real-life player than he is a fantasy player. But I was blown away that they brought him up because, yeah, he was having a solid year in AAA after the Pirates got a hold of him. But... Man, I I didn't think he was doing enough to say, hey, this is our next guy we should call up. So, um, <laughs> should be fun to see him. Okay, uh, Omar here's at certain times in his career. Yeah, and that's a fine comp. I take that. What about uh, the other one here, Mister Lion Richardson? Got the bump to AAA, maybe a late season bump to Major League Baseball for Lion. And I, I caught him. He just he's on my list. I just figured that would be one we cut a little bit but he's I mean this talent is absolutely there and um one of the things to consider he's he opened the year injured and so he doesn't have quite the innings on his arm so when we get to the end of the year and the Reds are suddenly realizing that hey we've taxed out Andrew Abbott's arm hey we've taxed out this guy's arm and this guy's arm and this guy's arm and we're still somehow in this playoff race Richardson's going to still be down at a spot where he's got 20, 30 innings to give and could be a guy that they call up and say, hey, you're going to take the bulk a few times, so or we're going to go to a six-man, and you're going to be part of that just so we can rest these other arms. That's um, smart. So, yeah, I could absolutely see that. And he's he is that kind of a guy. I, I've, I know he's got better strikeout numbers than you would think for a guy with this profile, but I've looked, watching him, I've always thought he's got that great – put me in the middle of a rotation profile and just I'll go out there. I'm going to give you, you know, 175 innings every year. It may be not sexy. It may be just good. Like as in, and in this, this year is kind of a lightning rod comparison, but like a Lance Lynn type. Yeah. This year has not been a good cop, Hmm. but over his career, Lance Lynn's been a guy who took the ball every every time out, gave you 200 and some odd strikeouts if you're a fantasy owner. Um, so he's always been a guy you can kind of roster and just know he's not going to be your ace, but he's gonna not going to hurt you. Well, this year he's hurt you. Yeah. Um, but that's that's who I've always thought Lyon probably profiled well as, is that type of a mid middle uh, rotation guy. Spelled like uh, Brandon Lyon, not like the animal, by the way. Yeah. So L Y O N. And I gotta, I hate to root. I'm not here to root against anybody. I'm really not. But everything's telling me that Andrew Abbott is going to implode soon. It just can't last much longer. I don't want him to do poorly, but yeah, he's not a guy who's. All his peripherals are telling me he's not a guy who should have a 2.2 ERA right now, and he just keeps going out and still get the job done and missing a lot of bats. Racking up seven Ks in six innings, and it's amazing. It's incredible. But that ballpark, it can be cruel. And unfortunately, sooner or later, 
at Ballpark, the Great America Bozo Park, is going to be very cruel to Mr. Abbott. So I'm not taking Abbott in. Like, our trade deadlines are happening in a lot of fantasy leagues right now, my home league in particular. This guy keeps trying to dump them off to me, basically for nothing. And I'm not, I'm not even taking it because I just... I want to think yeah. about winning in the playoffs, not what's happening right now. You got to think a little bit ahead, and the peripherals are telling you that maybe the party's over. You gotta, you gotta trust in that. Well, and his next start out, uh, Abbott, barring getting blown out in the first inning, he'll surpass the most innings he's pitched. Ooh, as a professional collegiate or anything. Well, there you go. Because um, right now he's got 115.2, and last year he tossed 118. So very feasible that he ends up moving beyond that. Or actually, if you combine his pro and his college stats in his draft year, he was at 119.2. Okay. But regardless, you're likely going to see his next start out that he surpasses the most innings he's ever pitched in a year. And that's from that point, we're now, like I said, we're still in July. <laughs> you know, we're, we've still got, two full months of baseball and some time after that, if the Reds keep doing well, that they're going to want him healthy for. I, when a guy's arm starts to get tired, that's when you start to see this stuff happen as far as, you know, balls leave the park. With him, that's going to be a big thing, is the balls leaving the park and struggling to command things. His command in the major leagues has been so much better than I ever thought it would I know, be. I know. That's why it's... I mean, just... It's like when Johnny Cueto fell apart last year, he went on that epic quality start run, and he kept doing it and doing it. I know he's a veteran, but the example still holds. Sometimes pitchers, they go on a run, and they outperform their own yep. abilities because they can, I don't know, whether it's mindset or focus or they stick to a plan and it continues to work again and again. But sooner or later, guys, you know, baseball is a, it could be a cruel game at times, and, you know, you can't dominate baseball forever. Sooner or later, the baseball gods want you to pay the piper, and, I'm not rooting for him. I love the Reds. I, I I don't want things to fail. It's a lot of fun to see this team this year, and I hope the Reds make the playoffs. I really do. But fantasy-wise, got to keep it real, and I got to be prepared for that. So don't fall for the hype right now is all I'm saying. You know, same thing goes for Brandon Fott, who people looked at his start in Cincinnati again last weekend, pitched six innings, only gave up three earned runs. But he gave up three solo homers, and that is his problem. So yeah. it doesn't matter where Fott goes. I'm... This home run thing with him is hands off. I am just not interested in Fott because home yes. runs will crush him. And if I don't, I don't know how he changes that. Like he has to reformat his pitch mix or like start throwing lower in the zone or even higher in the zone to, you know, I don't know how he does change anything. What's, and he's, it's always been his bugaboo. Right. But I mean, last year, his dominant year he had last year, he, almost had and this has been true throughout his minor league career he almost had more uh home runs allowed than walks <laughs> and this is it that'd be one thing if you're talking about a reliever we're talking about a guy who tossed 167 innings and only walked 33 Great control but he gave up 20 28 home runs and yes he pitched in two of the most hitter-friendly parks in all of the minor leagues last year with Arizona. So that was the excuse a lot of folks said is, hey, I understand the ball flew there, but once you get to the majors, it's not going to. Well, here's the issue. He actually has allowed more home runs than walks as a pro, <laughs> and he hasn't had the best location. So that tells you something not so good. It does. Um, and Texas was his debut. He, Texas isn't yeah. like a dominant hitter's park either. But Texas, he got rid. You know, no. it doesn't matter where he is. You could, Cincinnati is a it's a home run park, yes. But unfortunately, I I, I feel bad for him. I, I hope that because it doesn't seem like the front office, at least with their public remarks, are that interested in him changing. Because their GM said a month ago, like, well, this is kind of who he is. You know, we're, we accept that, and we're just hoping that he can work around it. Well, I don't know how you work out or work around one home run if it's a three-run dong, and then you've given up three runs, and then you still got to battle around. You might give up another homer. It's just it's a dangerous way to live in this game, well, and I don't know how long it'll that's, last. That's where that the walk rate has been just killing him. I mean, okay, completely different eras, completely different styles and all that. You know, Burp Lylevin used to give up 30, 40 home runs a year. <laughs> he did. You know, I think he's he still might hold the record the year that he gave up fifty. Um, 
I think that still might be the single season record for home runs allowed. But the guy gave up 430 home runs in his career. I mean, there are guys in the Hall of Fame as power hitters who did not hit 430 home runs. And Burt Wylevin allowed that many home <laughs> runs. I mean, that's insane to consider. 1986, 50 um, dongs. Yep, you're right. And the all-time record is Warren Spahn, I guess. 434 home runs all for a career. For, for a career, yeah. 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 Which was a Hall of Famer. Okay, Warren's, Warren, Warren pitched for, you know, I think... I think he went through the perp, the uh, time of the president in office had grandchildren, like his children had grandchildren by the time Spawn gra- finished his pro career. It was just ridiculous. Oh, my old pal but- Frank Tanana holds the AL record, by the way, for 422. <laughs> oh, man. I love Frank Tanana. Man. But, uh, but I mean, that's at his best. Bly Levin could get away with that. Because he wasn't walking a terrible amount. His curveball was such that he got a ton of strikeouts. You're talking... Oh, God, that's true. That's a fact. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, and, and the other thing is he fought in at least one or maybe two of them. <laughs> so, I mean, he lost multiple years to war and still had like a 26-year career. Amazing. So, yeah. Um, but that's the type of guy that Fott is going to have to be. And I'm sorry... He's just not going to be, we're talking about a guy, you know, a Blylevin had a four ERA in the mid eighties when, you know, you had people popping out low twos all the time. So, I mean, he was a solid two runs worse than average. I mean, he was, I guess, never mind. He was a 107 ERA plus. Well, in his time with the twins that year when he allowed 50, but that's going to be, if you think about it, if that's what Fott is, that's a guy that, at his best, that's a guy who's a fourth, fifth starter that's eaten innings, but you know what? He's not going to be safe. And you're never going to feel safe with him on the mound as a fantasy owner. And that's that's just got to be where he is right now until if he does something to change the shape of his fastball, that's a different ballgame. We're talking about something different right there. If he does something to change one of his breakers, that's a different. I don't. That's what's he's got to have a change. And right now, like you said, you're not hearing that from his organization that, well, we're hoping that this offseason he can go to driveline and he can do this <laughs> and this. No, you're not hearing that sort of stuff, which, yeah. You know, Jack Morris made the Hall of Fame controversially to some, but I think he had a, off the top of my head, like a 390 ERA throughout the 80s, throughout the whole 80s. And he was considered one of the best pitchers in the 80s but that was just for wins really like he got a lot of wins it was a in the american league i just think pitching and burt blylevin was an american league pitcher too with the twins in the 80s it was a weird time i think if we start to look at the starters in the 80s in the american league specifically not the nl it was different there's there is a big gap there i think uh wow well yeah 105 era plus for morris yeah Ooh. 105 and that like so for reference, that Burt Blylevin year that he allowed 50 homers, he had a 107. Jack Morris was a 105 for his Hall of Fame career. Yeah, that is a that's an indictment right there. I gotta admit, uh, Jack Morris, uh, who's also a a uh, feisty guy, he uh, oh, he yeah. was on the TV and, here. He got I taken mean, off because he made some poor choice of words by making fun of Shohei Otani. Yeah. That was. That just showed his age too. He doesn't give a shit about any of that stuff, and it cost him his job in the end. So, he's a fiery pitcher. He's, he's a, a guy who, in all seriousness, if if you have a game seven, I want Jack Morris as my pitcher. That's I. He's he had a way to dial it up in those type of moments, but that's you just can't do that as a career. No, in in modern baseball, that's just it's a different game. There's there's not a team of of guys like, you know, Ray Quinones anymore. You know, I don't know if anyone, anyone other than me remembers him. But, you know, guys like that who just – who hit 220 with nothing that anyone – that a fantasy owner would want, but yet started 90 games a year for a yeah, team. Yeah, Chico Lean. Yeah, those kind of guys. Yeah. yeah. Ray, Ray Ordonez even, you know. I mean, these guys, just nothing yeah. in their bats – Everyone is swinging for the fences. Even though the game has changed this year with the rule changes, it's still a different game than it was. Absolutely agree with that. Uh, All right, well, hey, there you go. There's some uh, historical 
uh, you know, perspective <laughs> to provide on Fought and other pictures. I think we covered a lot here today. Make sure you follow Ben on Twitter or whatever it's called, Big Gentle Ben. I'm at MJ Govier. Of course, the Discord is the best way to really dive in and connect with us. The plots of Discord, two L's, two Z's. Utah. It's totally free. Give me two. And the link is always in the description here on our YouTube page. Or if you're listening to the podcast platform, I think I put it in there every single week. And I want to thank uh, Gnostic Baseball, who says most of the Tigers lineup is like that. <laughs> Come on now. Yeah. Poor Riley. Well, yeah. Hey. What, did, what did Riley Green ever do to you? I know. I know. But, you know, I'm actually, my head-to-head playoffs in my home league are in late August and the first week of September. And the Yankees yeah. have two straight weeks where they face the Tigers. They face them here and then the next week in Yankee Stadium. And I'm actually trying to line up. I picked up Luis Severino, who's been terrible this year, because I'm expecting him to actually be decent because the Tigers will have sold off parts and they're just going to be somebody who I think look what Otani did today. Obviously Otani's one of the best pitchers in the game, but the Tigers lineup will likely be a lineup that you could generally, I think, take advantage of. Yes. Torque showed some life and Riley green has a good hitter. I believe he will be a good player, but you know, I'm just looking ahead and seeing things that way. And I want to thank Gnostic baseball for doing all the extra work he's done in our discord. You've been posting a ton of extra stuff, oh, updates yeah. on home runs. So thank you, Gnostic. Yep. That's the kind of round of applause for you. That's the kind of work and uh, inclusion that we'd like to have in our discord. So thank you. And Daniel says, this was awesome. That's all. Thanks to Ben, Daniel, make sure you follow Ben and you're with us every week. We'll be back next Thursday, and we've got some more ideas still before the season's out. we got some guests we're still trying to lock down. Uh, hang with us. Hang tight. We'll do our thing. And in the meantime, subscribe, like, and we'll see you in the Discord. For Ben, I'm Michael. We'll see you later. Power prospects is a curious thing. Make a person trade everything for a king. Wander Franco is your one true. Sometimes, but it might just